Please pray with me. Gracious God, we are here this morning um, to give you thanks. We are here this morning uh, because of what Christ has done. And so, God, we pray uh, that you would continue to speak to our hearts in ways that we understand. Help us, Lord, to enter into the story that we might know more fully uh, the glory, uh, the joy uh, that has come because your son has come for us. We bless you. We praise you. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Good morning. Okay, we, uh, were, we had the distinct privilege of listening to six um, sections of scripture, and we will have a seventh for good measure. Uh, I am going to be preaching from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. And so if you can, you'll please stay in your seats. I will go ahead and read that for us. Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 41 through 52. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety or great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. After three days, they found him. Three harrowing, agonizing days, they finally found out what happened to their little boy. Three days of horror, really. Um, asking yourself, how could we just assume that he was here with us? Right? How come we didn't make sure? Three days of you going over and over the, uh, the event in your head. I could have sworn he was with the neighbors. Three days of, uh, to fathom how an honest oversight might turn out to be the biggest mistake of your life. Mary and Joseph must have looked everywhere in Jerusalem, um, down by the creek where the kids skip rocks uh, to pass the time, um, may, maybe by the merchants where, where kids run around and find trouble, or maybe up in the city gates where, where kids watched people enter the city with sacrifices to worship. If, if I had been looking for my son for three days, I would have lost it. 
Father, you're not supposed to say that. Yes, I would have lost it. Um, uh, but, but Mary and Joseph ask, child, why have you treated us like this? Why have you, you, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. And I, I, I wonder how Mary really said it, right? That was, you know, um, maybe a little bit more toot on that. Um, but, but more importantly, I, I wonder... I wonder why Mary and Joseph looked for Jesus in all of the wrong places. Right? Why did it take them three days to figure out that Jesus must be in his father's house about his father's business? Right? They had looked for Jesus everywhere. Everywhere but the temple. They had been in Jerusalem at that at, at temple for Passover. Right? The temple was the center of their community. Why wasn't the temple the first place they went to look for their young, precocious Jewish boy? Well, um, who would have guessed that a 12-year-old kid would have decided to go to the house of the God of his own free will? Right? You would think that Jesus would have, would have had enough of that temple already. Right? Luke makes it very clear um, five times in, um, in, in the two verses that we have that they were devout in their faith, um, they obeyed the commandments, that they made pilgrimage to Jerusalem every single year. Right? Jesus must have heard those same stories read from the same old scroll um, every Sabbath day of his life. He must have, have been at every worship service at his local synagogue, right? every small group fellowship event. Right? Uh, all of the, the pilgrimage, pilgrimages to the temple every single year and likely many other services. And now we find of all places, he is choosing to hang out in the temple. All right, just a question. How many people grew up in church here? Grew, you grew, okay, that's, that is lots of people. Okay. Um, just knowing, I mean, just, you know, growing up in church, um, thinking of, of myself or thinking, I'm just wondering, you know, uh, amongst yourselves, Right? What kid wants to spend his or her free time at, um, and this is the way I saw it, at a stuffy old church right, with stale people um, have, praying the same old prayers, performing the same old liturgy, reciting the same old confessions, singing the same old hymns? Right? What kid wants to go to that same old place where they tell the same old story from this dusty scroll week after week? And of all places this child could be, why are you here, Jesus? Why are you here in the house of God? Why are you here when you could be skipping rocks with friends? Why are you here? That's the question that really got me this, um, this, this week. Um, but despite their, their sort of religious commitment, um, and they're raising him in the faith of Israel, his parents did not understand why he needed to be there. Right? Sure, they knew he was immersed in those Bible stories each and every week. They knew all the rabbis and mothers and mentors and cantors um, who, who shared their faith um, through sort of the deep waters of their own experiences in life. And yet they could not understand that their child of the temple would choose to be in this place. Maybe they, they believed, much like we do, that, that kids want to be entertained. 
right? Uh, to go where the crowd goes, uh, where popular culture is on, this, on display and the show is dynamic. Right? Maybe they believed what kids really want is to be as far away from their parents as possible, to run with kids who look and act just like them, who dress and talk just like they do, um, and so he easily gets lost in the crowd. Right? That's not it. Um, there in the temple, they find him sitting among the teachers, those who bear the gift of knowing where a young child's hunger runs deepest. Right? Knowing how to lead him towards something that can satisfy. The, the gift of welcoming questions that cannot be answered, um, but can only be lived. The, the gift of sharing struggles with the faith openly so that children learn to be, that, that to be strong, they don't have to hide um, their wounds or their doubts. Right? No wonder Jesus was in the temple. Right? He was with the teachers. He was with those special people of his faith community whose hearts soar when a child learns or questions or challenges or grows. No wonder Jesus was in the temple. He came to listen and to ask. He came to take all those stories that we read aloud week after week, all those hymns recited each Sabbath day, all those commandments that, that his parents did their best to live by and, and struggle with them in the presence of those teachers who were not afraid of his questions, but welcomed them. He is there growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Right? And if we are so surprised this Christmas that a child of the church uh, would choose to hang out in this place, well, then maybe it's because we're lost. Maybe it's because we are the lost ones. Right? Just as lost as Mary and Joseph. Right? Lost because we've bought into the narrative um, that the way that kids assert their independence is wanting what everybody their age wants or watches or wears or listens to. Lost because we think that our kids need from us, um, what, what, what our kids need from us is filling their schedule with busyness instead of slowing down long enough to ask the harder questions. Questions like, how, how do I make sense uh, of the brokenness in my family, in my world? Um, in my own heart, right? When am I going to be satisfied with who I am? And what is, what is the purpose for which I live? Right? Those questions. Maybe, maybe we're the lost ones because we've forgotten to listen to the kids themselves. Right? To listen to uh, when they, they have awakened from their sort of tech coma long enough to tell them, long enough to, um, to tell us what inspires them or what, what angers them or, or uh, what in their lives needs mending, right? Do you, do you know how many places, how many other places in the world promise meaning and fulfillment and redemption, right? And yet, Jesus chooses to be here in the temple. I know he didn't come here because there was nothing else to do, right? I think he came here among other things because this was a place where a 12-year-old, where 12-year-olds were welcome to question and listen. This was a place where he can wrestle with his faith and adults weren't afraid to live the questions. A place where he'll be challenged and encouraged 
and listen to no matter what. And if we want to find him here, we, um, as, as mature um, Christians, um, brothers and sisters, we need to be willing to sit down on the floor with our children, right? Not to spit out facts or beat them over the head with spiritual truths, uh, although sometimes that is required. Um, but but to, build, to build relationships of trust um, that in, in a faith that has taught people how to find meaning in a world of excess, right? Taught people how to survive when, when family life falls apart, right? Taught to discern the will and purposes of God. Isn't that what, what church is all about? Right, a place where we commit ourselves to one another, children included, to sit with them and listen. Not because we are the best entertainment on the block. Right, CTR, we're, we're probably never going to be that. Right? Not because we have all the answers, but that we expect to be amazed or astonished at their questions and their answers. A place where, where, where we, can, we expect to meet Jesus in a 10-year-old boy or a 6-year-old girl a place where seven-year-olds and 70-year-olds share a relationship that might, be, um, might not be found anywhere else. Right? And so, a shameless plug, our church is going to, be, um, going to be gearing up for a new season of discipleship in 2019. And I really um, pray that uh, all of us um, really begin to, begin to take part in that. Our youth discipleship uh, class begins in a couple of weeks, and that's going to be spearheaded by um, Father... Or, Reverend uh, Deacon Watts, or Reverend David Watts, rather. Um, this, among other avenues, will give our kids an opportunity to ask those hard questions, right? To be challenged um, in their standing before God, to be affirmed as children of the living God. Adults also will have the opportunity to, to grow in their discipleship through our New Testament uh, course, which will be a survey that'll be uh, um, headed by our very own Janice Campbell, um, Paul Jorfe, and myself. I don't know where Paul is. There we go. Okay. Uh, and so um, we really just hope that this, this class will really provide the nourishment um, to grow healthy, strong, whole disciples um, here in this, in this church. Nevertheless, uh, despite uh, our, our best efforts or any church's best efforts, some will decide to stay and some will decide not to come back. Right? Some will conclude that there's nothing here for them, right? that they don't connect with the questions, the answers, or the church's worldview. But if they leave, if they leave, let it be, let it be after we've insisted on giving them something significant enough to reject after we've insisted on giving them something significant enough to contest, after we've insisted on giving them something to challenge, right? Let it be after they know the faith, right? After they know of the courage our faith gives to those involved in suffering, how our faith gives strength to the weary, wisdom to the seeker, and grace to the humble. Of all the places this child could have been, he chose this place. God in the flesh coming not on a horse and chariot, not in power from on high, but as a child, and in our text, a 12-year-old kid, no less, whose mom and dad are worried sick about him, to learn. And if we let this child Jesus teach us, we will have to come to realize the all-powerful voice of God is not limited to the scholar, or to the priest, or to the Bible teacher, 
No, that, that voice also speaks through our children. The voice of God speaks through our children. And I pray that we will have ears to listen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.